Welcome to another edition of the Bullheaded Podcast. I'm your host, per usual, Sean Tyson, here with Zoo and P. Bush. How are you fellas doing? Yeah, doing all right, man. Kind of a middling week in fantasy football. I had a nice one nice team pop off. The other ones just couldn't keep up with everyone else, man. But I don't know if you guys watched the game last night. I'm sure you did. But Jesus Christ, man, Jameer Gibbs is legit. I think a lot of him, a lot of people were like, why are they taking this guy so early in the draft? Well, we finally saw why. And yep, uh, Unfortunately, Dave Montgomery was having an unbelievable season, and as a former Bear, I didn't want to see him go down, but it awakened the beast of what they were hoping Gibbs was going to become. So shout out to the Detroit Lions, man. They are on the up and up in the NFC that, outside of the Eagles, is pretty wide open now. Pretty wide open, man. So interested to see how that shakes out. Yeah, Monday night football, man. I was hoping Mm. for a Monday night miracle. Mm. I was playing against the sun god. Lions mm. defense and Jacoby Myers. Feeling good when Jacoby had a donut, man, the first couple of quarters. I'm on route, first quarter, only like 20 yards, feeling pretty good. And that brother, the sun guy, dropped to almost 100 yards in the first half when it was the barbecue chicken, man. And then the number of sacks in the fourth quarter on Jimmy Ridiculous. Garoppolo was absolutely absurd. The Raiders offense is abysmal. McDaniels yep. needs to get fired. Jimmy Absolutely. G needs to retire. The number of open passes to Devontae Adams, man. Don't remind disres- me. It is disrespectful to his talent. It he is. had two open opportunities for potential touchdowns. Touchdowns. That were wide open. Two wide open. Like He got like one point in fantasy. Could have had 30 easily if Jimmy G made some. I don't even think they were that hard of throws. Like One of them, like he didn't get touched at all. One of he them didn't he get did. Touched. No, no, one of them he didn't get touched at all. I I forgot it was the first or the second one, but one of them, he just missed the throw, and you just see his face like, oh. I'm just like, yeah, you suck, man. You suck so much, (laughs) and you suck so much. You suck at getting – you suck at avoiding sacks. You cost me my fantasy. You you, I traded for CD Lamb in a miracle blockbuster trade this weekend. Paid off. He got 35 points. I'm feeling real, real good. Those 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock games, I was like, oh, I'm back, baby. Nope. Absolute. Oh, my God. Tony P. Tony P. Tony pissing his pants, man. That guy sucks. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He's He's awful. He is awful, man. He's not the goal line back. His small frame is catching up to him. He like I, uh, I thought he had an opportunity to take up. No, no, he a gadget back like I thought, man. He's a gadget back. He is perfect RB2. in that complimentary guy. Like you need a guy like a Zeke the bulldozer, take all the big hits, and then you got your complimentary Tony P. Because with all these carries, he run up the middle of one yard, run up the middle of one and a half yards. It is ugly to watch. No big game ability. What a new move by me by taking Tony P in the second round, man. That is disrespectful. Hey, was I was a hater on Tony P, man. I was a hater yeah. on Tony P last year, and I mm. took him this year, man. Atrocious. Decision. At least Bijan scored, though. That was nice. Okay. Oh, I know Bijan's actually good. He's just got a coaching problem. Tony P, yeah. I just don't think he's that good yeah. as a three down. Atlanta is a coaching problem. It's definitely yeah, a coaching sure. problem in Atlanta because yeah. Bijan's the best player on the team. Yeah. Like on Bijan the whole team, really good, I think. Yeah, the whole team. Uh, and their defense is oh, pretty, pretty good this pretty year. Pretty solid. Oh. I also think with Tony P that is something that's understated out of outside of like maybe us thinking he was a little bit more than what he is. Kellen Moore not being there and maybe drawing up plays for Tony P might be a real reason why he's not playing as well. Mm-hmm. Because I know McCarthy is this guru because he had Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff, but 
I don't know. I just feel like ever since week one, which if you go look at the stats, Tony P just can't get into the end zone. And that's part that's been a story of like one of my leagues is just I have players who can get all these yards and some mm. reception, but they can't find the end zone. And when you're playing in these tight battles, you need that tutty. You, you need, need the, the tutty. touchdown. You can't, if you don't get the touchdown, you're gonna lose by four or five points. Yep. And then yeah. Unless yep. you get like a you know CD Keenan Allen uh, type CD game. game. Where yeah, where like you get like 17 for, receptions. Yeah. Yeah, 17 for like 200. And then you're like, okay, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, the points are fine. But yeah, it's just, you know, I guess Tony P is just not the star we thought he was. But some would argue, transitioning to the NBA, mm-hmm. a guy who, you know, some will argue who is a star. Some will argue who is a wash star. Some who just argues it's just a headache. Uh, <laughs> that being James Harden. You know, last night, Woj Bomb hit, courtesy of a. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and Zoo hitting the group chat later that night. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when I first saw it this morning, I was like, you know, you first, you know, when you're going through your timeline and you're reading, you're seeing, like, the compensation was going back. And, like, you're seeing, like, usually they just say future draft compensation and you actually see what compensation they got. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for both teams, they were ready to get this deal done. Uh, Daryl Morey, he just always figures out how to get a star and how to get rid of a star and how to get this conversation that he's seeking. So I wanted to ask the guys, where does James Harden fit with the LA Clippers in the Western conference? And uh, people I'm going to start with you, man. This was interesting. I mean, we, Harden got his wish, right? It wasn't a full yeah. wish, right? I think we all had talked a couple, maybe, maybe about a month or two back that the Rockets was where he wanted to be, but Fred Van Vliet, they kind of bought into him, right? That, that would have yeah. just not really meshed there. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet, Zoo. I'm not comparing him to James Harden in his prime, man. We all know Zoo's hate for Fred Van Vliet, man. Watch <laughs> uh, Drake lookalike, man. But, you know, I, I think that this was a good option for them. You know, I think this, the Clippers just had a lot of role players and assets to trade and kind of cover the salary cap aspect, right? They were able to get rid of, you know, a Marcus Morris, right? I think Robert Covington, Batum, Batum. right, I think was also in there. And then... Uh, one other guy, I forget it. It was KJ something zoo. KJ um, Martin, Martin, KJ Kenny Martin, Martin. Yeah, yeah, K- yeah. There you go. And then they, you know, sent a first, you know, a first rounder, a couple second rounders, and then I think they're also getting a first rounder via the Thunder, if I yeah, remember correctly. KC. So that's a lot for James Harden and PJ Tucker. Who no hate on PJ Tucker, man. Just kind of snipes in the corner, and uh, he's not the defensive prowess that he was a couple years ago, and, and what we'd seen on his previous stints. So. I, you know, is Harden going to make or break the Clippers season? I do think it puts them a slightly more contention because they were desperate for a true point guard. I mean, they tried with Reggie Jackson. They tried with <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Hell, I even think Rajon Rondo may have had a stint there as well. And James Harden, to to his credit, with his game kind of slowing down on the offensive side, maybe he doesn't have the same burst that he once did. He took a backseat to Maxi on a scoring front and kind of became yep. the 10-11 assist guy. And we, that we know he could always do, it was just not a focus when he was the guy in Houston. Uh, and, and I guess we could consider also the Nets. But that's kind of when he started transitioning into the more true point guard role. So I do think it fits the Clippers well because they do have Westbrook who can come in and give him a jump. We know what PG and Kawhi can do, but they're not ball handlers. So I do think that this is a good fit for the Clippers. But I don't think it puts them over the Suns or the Nuggets this year. I just think they have way more camaraderie. Um, speaking on the Nuggets portion, the Suns, I think we got to see the Suns a little bit just to see how Bradley Beal fits in there. But at the same time, I just think they're more talented and Harden is getting older. So 
I think it's good for the 76ers as well. This was kind of their giving up on the East this year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They they just saw that they weren't going to be able to really contend with the Celtics and the Bucks with what they had in Harden and thought, look, we can develop this Tyrese Maxey kid. He's a restricted free agent next year. We'll probably be, probably be able to keep him. And then you're getting rid of all the drama, right? We know how that can be a cancer in a locker room. So I think it's a win-win on both sides. I actually think it's a pretty even trade, even though it looks like the Sixers got a lot from the Clippers. It's not like they got like a stud player or anything. It's a lot of just draft capital. Uh, but once again, man, Clippers are trying to go all in. Ballmer, man, Jesus. He really tries, and they're way above the salary cap, if I know. Zoo, you might know a little bit better, but their luxury tax has yeah. to be hitting. It's all year. good. Those Microsoft dividends, man. Exactly. Those Microsoft dividends yeah. are all I got to say. Yeah, he's got to think more Bill money Gates than one Bill more Gates. time. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, overall, I I think it's a good trade. But once again, the Sixers are just kind of downgrading a little bit in the East, but we'll still probably be a top five seed. There's they still have Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey is still a good player, and they do have some solid role players now, which always helps a team. And the Clippers, I think it propels them from like if you project them at the fourth or fifth spot to potentially fighting for that third spot in the West. And if things go really smoothly, maybe competing for a top two. Oh man. For me, for the Clippers, man, I love it. I really? love this. Oh, I love this trade. Really? I love it. I'm telling you. For Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, these guys are bona fide band-aids, man. It is what it is, That's man. Got, they, they just got bad knees, bad ankles, bad lower body. So during the regular season, I'm, I'm going to predict they're going to miss a couple of games. And in the yeah. West, when it's that yeah, competitive, for sure. you got pretty much a backup star in James Harden who could step up his role whenever a Kawhi Leonard or PG needs to take a game or off. Because James Harden could put that switch. Okay, I'm going to be from point James Harden to scoring James Harden, Houston James Harden, and be more aggressive. And you just got you got to get enough wins to be out of the play-in tournament right now. And you got guys in Russ who's – he's like I, – I, I, the guy's a dodo bird, but he's an indestructible dodo, dodo bird, man. That's that true. Dude, that dude does not miss games. And James he Harden plays. historically – yeah, James Harden historically is under a guy that plays – most regular season games, even with that egregious lifestyle, going to strip clubs and not working out that hard. But he plays regular season games. That's the only thing he historically has done. So you got a guy in Harden and Westbrook who can carry you in the regular season, hopefully in the playoffs. Everybody stays healthy, and who knows if it happens. But if they stay healthy, man. I had a futures bet, man. The L.A. Clippers, plus 35.50 to win the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Plus thirty five. I don't think that's 50. gonna cash, brother. It's all good. Yeah, I don't know. All I don't good, think that's cashing. Twenty five dollars <laughs> to cash out at nine hundred dollars. You put twenty five down on the Clippers. Twenty five dollars, a thirty percent profit ass. boost, man. No, 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 no. You were just talking two weeks ago about the Bucks, man. Yeah, the the, the, the Bucks only got plus three hundred. That's not enough juice. This is my sleeper pick. Oh, this is your sleeper pick. This okay. is my sleeper pick. No, okay. this is my this is sleeper my Miami pick, Heat man. bet. This is my mind. Exactly, okay, exactly. Okay. If everything goes right, aka if they stay healthy, they could beat any team in the West. They could beat any team in the West if they sell, stay healthy. If you remember last year, Kawhi Leonard with a bunch of role players were very competitive against the Phoenix yeah. Suns. And then obviously Kawhi broke down and, and it's all he wrote with that series. Sure, so yeah. it's all about the injury. So you bring a guy at Harden, you got a little insurance for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George right there. Mm. So I love that move. For Daryl Morey, this guy got put in a tough situation, man. He got his star calling him a liar. Never mm. play for him again. Like in China, tarnishing his name, man. Like 
like Daryl Morey, silent assassin, man. He just keeps working. Every time I do a trade in fantasy football, I call myself, I got to pull some Daryl Morey moves because this guy just gets deals done. I That's swear true. to God, every time this guy puts in a situation, the number of asses he got, it's impressive. And I disagree with you on them giving up on the season because they are going to mm. try to use those assets to flip for exactly to flip for a complimentary I'm, I'm assuming wing guy as a hard and as a replacement who? like and Anobi? Hair, maybe maybe cuz they what got you say? OG and an OB a complimentary hmm. wing player star to complement Joel Embiid who obviously won MVP last year and Tyrese Maxey cuz he's this nice kid, oh I tell you when I saw him in the playoffs a couple of years ago I'm like okay this guy's legit and this year, oh, I don't know if you guys saw some of his highlights. This good. guy's up. Oh, he's upping his score in production now. He's mm-hmm. averaging 30 points. I know the season's early, but you see his upside because his ability of being fast and he can shoot the three ball at an elite rate. He's like yep. a perfect compliment to Joel Embiid. And if he's at that combo guard, like all-star caliber guard, okay, you still got your MVP guy in Embiid. You got your all-star caliber player as a compliment to Hart, uh, to Embiid. And then you could use the assets because – you got two picks, a pick swap, and Martin, nice little young talent. You got a, you got another star bitching, man. You can always get a deal done with those assets because they got their own pick too. So they could flip two picks, so potentially three first-round picks, a couple of pick swaps, maybe some young talent, maybe an expiring contract like Tobias Harris. You go fishing. You go fishing right Jack now. Levine. Not going to lie, he would fit kind of nice with them. He would fit kind of nice with them. And if AK really, gets an really offer, nice, really yeah, so, nice. so if AK gets an offer like that, maybe the Bulls start out like two and ten or two and ten or something, something bad. Like they just like it's over, it's over. You know, Daryl Moore will be calling. And now he's got the dry powder to get a deal done. So mm-hmm. I see Daryl Moore setting himself up for one more move for Joel Embiid. So from a mm-hmm. tough situation, pivoting, getting the young assets, getting the picks getting some young players and using those assets for a potential future acquisition. This is a terrific move by Daryl Morey for being a I, tough, tough I agree, too. I guess I shouldn't say giving up on the – I'd say this year their chances of coming out of the East are still lower. Now, you're right. They could make a move. But is Zach Levine a championship-caliber player? Uh, as a third option. As a third option? Uh, I, he, makes I just, very, he makes them more competitive, I think, this year in the series. But I'm still yeah. taking the Bucks or the yeah, yeah. over the Sixers. Yeah. It'll make him competitive, but I still think Joel Embiid will not make his first Eastern Conference. The one thing I will say, though, if we get MVP Joel, there's nobody on Boston or the Bucks that can handle Joel. So if he just goes kind of nuclear and then Zach and Tyrese play maybe a little bit above their heads, they could they could scare somebody. I don't I think it'd be more so the Bucks than the Celtics cuz I think the Celtics matchup wise because of the wing depth, I think they're just I think it's a little bit more of a difficult matchup for Philly, but I mean I've been telling it saying this about Boston, they look great, but let me see you in March, April, May, like when it matters, because yeah. it's still going to come down to Tatum and Brown. And if they're acting weird, you know, I think I just lost a lot of confidence after that Miami series last year. It's just like I, mm. too talented to be down 3-0 to Jimmy Butler. I just I know Jimmy's him, but like, come on, like <laughs> that just, which is really annoying. That's just really annoying. So it's like, you know, I would ask if you're Philly, who would you rather have? Who would you off the Bulls want to get him or DeRozan? Because exactly. I actually think DeRozan, I know Levine probably further is like younger and better, but I think right now DeRozan would be a yeah. DeRozan would be he's really a better version of Tobias Harris. That's what yeah. he is. 
And he's, I think, a little bit better. Oh. I don't know. He DeRoz- might not be better. DeRozan's a better ball handler and passer, I would say. But the way DeRozan plays is extremely hard to compliment. Because he's a mid-range guy, clogs up the paint. Joel Embiid, like, what's he going to be doing? Like, watch DeMar go one-on-one in the mid-range and jacking up fadeaways. Like, like DeMar's just... 50% of them. Uh, that, that is true, but... <laughs> DeMar don't and he can it. create his own. DeMar is not easy to play with. I love DeMar, but DeMar is not easy to play with. That's true. He's a more he's he's a single single player guy, but he gets it done on well, he does getting buckets. But there's a reason why DeMar DeRozan led teams haven't made it far in the playoffs. Hmm. It's yeah, but he would be the third play. option. I think his ability to just his ISO game to get a like shot in the mid range, like I could see that in the playoffs being very beneficial. Like him, like if say if they're up eight and it's like three minutes ago, you need a go to bucket. If I'm the it's Sixers, closer. most would say go give it to Embiid, but it's like you got the option of yeah, you know, the rules are back. You kind of get nah, has, so yeah, yeah. Embiid has historically struggled in the clutch. Yeah. Like double teams really bother him. Like the turnovers, like he ain't Jokic. Yeah. When Jokic get double team, oh that's nah. a, that's a free basket. Yeah, when Joel guy, gets double team, that's he more panics. than likely a turnover. Yeah, he yeah. panics, makes wrong decisions. Though that's one thing in his game. His passing is. Objectively, just not the greatest yeah. skill set. And Zui, sometimes he he trusts his dribbling ability a little. Oh bit yeah, oh he fumbles a little. Yeah, 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 yeah. He likes to. But, he's one of those big men that like to, you know, when they throw it in, like from yeah, the baseline, they run he, it up he the court, right, that he's Sean? like, yeah, yeah, like he's setting a play or setting an offense. Like, yeah, he's one of those type of. Type uh, no, of no, no, Sean. He'll run up the court and just pull up from the top of the key for three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a three. It's just like, to come on, come on. Like you're not you can do that when you're up 20 or something on an inferior team. I don't want to see that yeah, in the playoffs. Exactly. I don't want to see anything like that. But I I'm a go ahead. I gotta mention this. This this is the wild card this year because they got a new head coach now. We all know about Doc Rivers' atrociousness in playoff coaching. <laughs> Nick Nurse. That's, that's a big true. deal. That's, that's a big deal. That's a big deal because that's a tactician. Connection, Zoo. Oh, man. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I'll tell you, Nick Nurse saying, is man. an elite head coach. And he wants like, out of Toronto. Oh, yeah. yeah he does. He have, he, they've been, he been on the trade block for the last couple of years, haven't agreed on a contract extension. So that yeah. might be – oh, yeah. And he would fit extremely well with Tyrese Maxey and MB because he's also a shooter, two-way defender, improved in the offensive game to be more of a complete player. Yep. So I'm telling you, Nick Nurse and what he does on the, on the coaching side of things and making adjustments, the anti-Doc Rivers, man. So that's mm. a big deal. That is a big deal. That's, that's a great point. Yeah, I think uh, too, Nick Nurse with the talent that he has with Philly, I think his style fits better. Like in that game against the Bucks, I know the Bucks ended up winning, winning it, but like just how everybody was playing. I mean, I know Kelly Oubre had the game of his life, but <laughs> just just to see guys like him, who you see that's maybe the ninth or tenth guy, have an explosive game like that, maybe that speaks to his system. So I don't know. Mm. Like the OG one. Jeremy Grant's another one too. Like I like his game a lot, and I think him as a third option would be nice because you know one thing he can do is score. And who knows? Like with Nick Nurse and you know, I'm pretty sure you probably have to give it to Tobias. But you know, I like the pieces with Philly. It just depends on that wing score that they're looking at. But OG's probably at the top of their list, and probably mm-hmm. Zach's second. But in fr- in terms of the Clippers, uh, I think with Harden, it's going to be interesting to see how Russell's affected because. I don't want to see a lineup where Russell and James are on the floor at the same time. Like, ideally, I would want Russell to be coming off the bench and doing stuff from the second unit because I think James's passing ability is good enough to where he can get Kawhi and PG involved, and I want him making those decisions regardless of how, you know, out of shape he is or whatever people want to claim he is. When he is in 
shape. And when he is focused, he's one of the better passers and he's one of the better scorers in the league. So I think their ceiling is if everybody is healthy, I think it's they could like when you said they could beat anybody in the West. I don't think Denver is in the, on that list. I think they would still struggle with Denver, but I think everyone else they could scare. I don't think they could beat everybody though. I think they could scare them because one thing I do worry with the Clippers is defensively. I think we need to stop giving Kawhi and PG like they're these two way guys. They're okay on defense now. Yeah, like they're they're good. They're greater offensive players and. Really, with Kawhi, since he's gotten to L.A., maybe his first year, he was like a nice two-way wing. But I think that term gets thrown around a lot when that's not who they are. And I think some of the more – but like Phoenix, for instance, you know, I don't – I think in moments and spurts, Kawhi could bother like Devin and Beal, but not oh, for it, a seven-game series. Kawhi I don't – I think the, would still get their points. Kawhi I don't Leonard, think they're that good defensively. Kawhi Leonard has that switch, though. In the yeah, playoffs, but like one game, two, he was games. unbelievable. He was. If it goes seven, you think Kawhi can shut down Booker for seven games? I don't know. I think he can get him for one or two. I think that. I think that's getting thrown out a lot. There's. Think about the two way guys right now in the league. I can't think of like who are the best two way wing defenders. But there's none of these guys who are in the mid thirties. That's just that just gets thrown out. Now they have moments like Bron does it in the playoffs. Like you have a moment where he can guard somebody, but he ain't doing that for seven games. And, like, I don't think anybody on the Clippers with Durant, uh, Bill, assuming he's healthy, and Booker, like, they're going to get their points. So it's going to be more about maybe them missing shots. So to me, it's like Russell, that's why I think it's important if he plays on the second team unit because I don't care who's on that first team unit. If Russell or James are somehow starting together, Russell's going to be the alpha dog. And he's going to, and the offense is still going to run through him. He's not going to look at Harden like, okay, I need to defer. Russell's never done that. He didn't defer with LeBron on the team. So he's not going to defer for James Harden. You so know it's like, they, if they switch it up and have Russell on the bench, I'm a little bit more excited about it. But like you say, it's going to be come down to injuries, like if they're healthy. You know, I the health is huge because you're going to see Westbrook and Harden on, on the floor at the same time if Kawhi is a disaster to me. You're going you're gonna to see it. But for me, after just watching a couple of Warriors games, CP3 is it takes a lot of pressure off of Steph Curry, right? Yeah, as being involved. And that's what they need Harden to do. Right? Obviously CP3 is older sure. and he's he's definitely more of an above average role player now doing his job. Mm-hmm. They need Harden to be slightly above that and have to Zeus point the switch to be able to go into MVP scoring James Harden. But when everyone else is healthy, they need him to be in that CP3 type mindset because that that will really open up the floor for everybody else on the team. Except plus two, let's, not Russell, no shooting. Plus Russell. two, like we need to also think about like are these guys like they play like basketball obviously at a high level, but like how many of these guys are winning players? Kawhi is the only guy on that team who's actually a winning player. We like these guys have been on a, has been in enough scenarios, whether it's Russell Westbrook, James Harden, PG. They ain't won shit. So, like, why do we think this PG is gonna be different did. than any other stuff? Like PG almost did. But it's like that was young PG who was a yeah. who was a killer in the East with the with the Pacers. But it's like Hibbert. James Harden, and this is no shot at them, but it's just the reality of what we've seen. Like out of that little like Oklahoma City, like core of Abaka, Durant, Westbrook, Harden. I mean, Durant went to Golden State, obviously, and won with Steph Curry. But it's like, 
I mean, Harden was at a better stage a couple years ago, even though he got hurt in that playoff run where he was limited. With KD, we've seen Russell with LeBron. Like, we've seen Russell in all these different situations. Like, why do we think these collections of guys, they're, they're a bunch of star names, but, like, they have never shown in any situation mm. that they could come together and actually win. They're just star names who have individually, individually they are great scores, but it's like as a team, they're not. It's the same thing with like Kevin Durant, like with Kyrie, like everybody's like, oh my God, like they got together. And I was one of them, like they got Kyrie and James Harden and Kevin Durant, like they're going to blow through the East. And what did they do? They got swept by the Boston Celtics. Like, this is kind of like, I don't know. A lot of these guys, and these are older guys. These are not young guys who are still trying to prove. These mm -hmm. are just older names who are, again, individually great players. But sometimes we have all these individually great players. Like, look at look at Denver. Like, Jokic is Pantheon great. Jamal Murray is trying to basically be in that conversation. It's like, I'm going to be a top scoring guard, shooting guard for the rest of my career. But the rest of these guys are just really, really good role players. That's yep. kind of the NBA we've seen. All these collection of talent. That's why it's like with mm -hmm. Phoenix. It's kind of Phoenix. I, Phoenix is the one scenario where it's just seeing – I want to see Bradley Bill healthy and see how they just all mesh because that might be the one where it's like they just got too much firepower and young firepower because Bradley Bill is still kind of young. Like, we'll see how they work out. But this collection of talent is just like – to me, it's almost like – this may sound blasphemous, but if, like, they didn't have Russell and got, like, another nice core guy, I would be way more hyped on them because you have three legitimate stars and, like, maybe a, a super – like a souped-up Like an OG and an Obi or something like yeah. that. Ego's yeah. coming – like oh, they had OG man, but instead of Russell, because then okay, the OG's a three and D, D guy, and he's a complimentary guy. He knows his role. How many guys on this team gonna know who's taking the last shot? Kawhi. I would want Kawhi taking it, but Russell would probably take it if they're all on the floor. <laughs> he's probably yeah. taking it, <laughs> he's or he's driving to get the perfect kick out and he turns it over. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, yeah, so I don't I know. Just, just real quick, I would just say. I'm not saying, but you could argue that the super teams, there was a huge first mover advantage for two teams, the 08 mm. Celtics and the Miami Heat. Since then, I mean, okay, you could Kevin Durant going there, but that was free agency, right? The, the, the weird thing about yeah. the 08 Celtics was it was via trade, which was, I remember seeing yeah. that. That was ridiculous to see on that, that, that trade on that day, Ray Allen KG, and KG, yeah. man. But I don't know. I Maybe it's watered down. Maybe teams know how to do it. or. To your point, Sean, teams are realizing stop, that. Stop, stop, stop. You need super role team, players. Super, team, super teams work, man. But if your super teams get in, if one of them gets injured, obviously they're top heavy. They're not going to work. So all exactly. you're going to get injured, though. Yeah. The Brooklyn Nets against the Milwaukee Injury, Bucks. Yes. That Injury, was, yes. That was Injuries. injuries like both Kyrie and Harden miss games, substantial yeah. amount of games. So, but like, I, this is interesting. So, you said, so you basically said the Celtics and the Heat. Post them, you you do That's see obviously the Warriors, like obviously that the Warriors, but Warriors, like that was yeah. crazy. But it's like after that, it, like no, I would say really the Nets worked until the injury, and then obviously a lot of but, scenarios. But that's but that's the whole point. But that's the whole, whole point. point. Is you, that when you, you get hurt because yeah. you're no, it's like no it's no like no. Saying, if your stars get injured on any, if Jokic gets injured, it's over. If Jamal Murray, okay, they seen Jamal Murray had the ACL injury, they were irrelevant. You need your stars to stay healthy. That's regardless okay. if you have a super team or like have a dynamic duo. You're right. Um, no, you're right. But there's also teams that when they have depth, for example, let me put it this way. Der when Derrick Rose got injured, 
Yes, the Bulls were not nearly as good, but they were still a perennial playoff team. They still shocked a lot of teams in the playoffs, and they hung around with some pretty damn good teams with what you would say their best player was a 12-12 and guy in Joakim Noah. But they had Luol Deng, they had Carlos Boozer, they had a lot of guards in the backup that kept them relevant. And I'm not saying that they're going to win a championship, and that's not my Ex- point. That's what I'm talking about. If you're so you're not going to win, you don't win championships the other way at, at the same time. You're not going to win. You're not guaranteed a championship at that time. So the point is, you got to find the mix of the duo, and then you got to just put all your the money duo and role players. The that's duo works. Yeah, that's what I think. The trio the also works. If, the trio right. also works if they stay healthy. That's all sure. I'm saying. Yeah, that's all I'm they saying. Stay healthy. I'm saying that Golden State Warriors team was undefeated because they legit added a superstar to their core of stars. Yeah. And yeah. their Brooklyn Nets team, before chaos happened the year after, they were killing everyone. One of the yeah. most efficient offices we've seen in the regular season. Now, yeah. And now we'll get to see this Phoenix Suns rendition right now. That's obviously. what I'm waiting on. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, you're talking about right now, Bradley Beal has missed every game so far. So there's already starting off off the wrong foot with that. And right now, the Clippers, right now, we'll see how that works and they can stay healthy throughout the season. But the key is staying healthy. And I'm, I'm all for getting stars. It, and you just got to pray they stay healthy. That's the thing. You just got to yeah, pray. That you got to pray. Really but control injuries, we can so. all agree that none of those teams are our favorites in the championship this year. No. And the Clippers, you're really going to be praying uh, that they stay, stay healthy. I'm like that value, man. I'm taking them over the Lakers if they stay healthy. Oh, yeah. Well, the Lakers, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but the Lakers is like I saw, like there's like a 4% chance they win. So it's like they're not really – I mean, they're in the championship conversation, but they're not I'm like – say they're in the top Denver, five or six. Phoenix. Five or six mix. I put the Warriors yeah. over them. I'm taking the Clippers. Warriors are food that they they're play the Lakers. The Lakers. They have no size. The and then I think Chris Paul, Chris Paul, I, I know it looks great right now, but I think Chris Paul might be a trade candidate come trade them. I don't mm. think it's it's his honky dory <laughs> right now, but That's true. Uh, I think the might the Warriors might see if they can flip and you know get some type of compensation for probably flipping the Clippers. <laughs> God. Back home. You want to see TV? God, that would be must see TV, bro. How long would it take for Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul got in a like, off, like full out fist fight? It would probably oh. take a half, for a sure. half. And then Kawhi maybe. would just be sitting in the corner there with no yeah, emotion, just chilling. We'll <laughs> mm. say the NBA season, especially the West Western Conference, is there's no days off. Like you, you got to come with your A game because there's there's been a lot of close games and a lot of teams that. I mean, shoot, if I'm just racking my brain, like Portland and Houston are probably like your get right games, but they got so much young talent that if you fall asleep in the second quarter, you could be in a ball game. So yep. um, it's been really interesting watching the NBA so far. So tracking that through the early season and whatnot, you know, transitioning to the NFL, of course. Um, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about the NFC and San Francisco and their three-game losing streak, which for good reason because Purdy hasn't played well and the defense has been kind of up and down. But, you know, quiet as kept, Kansas City had a – weird game against denver i usually always chalk that up to just it's the division game like you you take advantage of you you take advantage of who you're playing and you know i know russell wilson has been a punching bag but he's been decent this year and you just can't you can't you know it's the nfl man it's the reason why a lot of these spreads are like four or five like it's never like huge spreads because these are nfl players so you know let's just give kansas city a mulligan you know there's other teams in the afc who uh you know, or kind of showing who they are. They're, they're going throughout the season. They're winning the games they need to win. But, you know, I thought it was interesting watching 
49ers and the Bengals and seeing how Jer Burrow after the bye, he kind of looks like he's mm, back. He's back. At least at like 85, 90%. I think he's he's trending towards being healthier. You're seeing the weapons they have. And then you see the Bills in that Thursday night game. Um, played a pretty competitive game with Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay had a chance to win at the end. But um, I wanted to ask the guys, you know, trending towards, you know, now it's past the halfway mark of the season, seeing the Bills and the Bengals. Um, who are they having faith in for the rest of the season? And, Zoo, I'm going to go ahead and throw that question to you. Yeah, for me, man, this is, a, this is actually a really, really tough question, actually. Because historically, man, both these teams have been pretty dominant in the last, I would say, the last two two to three seasons. Like, these teams have legit been legit playoff contenders every single year. Yep. Obviously, I faded Joe Burrow's beginning of the year because of his injury. But last game, man, he looks like he's 100% healthy. Yep. He look, his ability to run, and he had some Eli Manning play where he got tackled, but he escaped spun the tackle. Yeah, he spun out, and he chucked it. As a guy playing against Joe Burrow in fantasy football, it hurts a lot, man, that, watching that game. Because he was slicing and dicing that 49ers defense like Swiss cheese, man. It was Swiss mm. cheese defense, man. Bunch of holes there, man. Bunch <laughs> of holes. Everybody's wide open. That Jamar Chase just, whoop, wide open touchdown. Yep. Joe Mixon running through the lane, just eat, uh, like four yards of four to five yards of carry. Their offense is looking back to that elite offense that I was expecting from the, from, from the Bengals pretty much for every year with Joe Burrows in the lineup right now. So their offense, the intangibles of Joe Burrows, I'm taking I'm taking the Bengals over the over the Buffalo Bills. Over man. the Buffalo I, Bills. Yeah, over the Buffalo Bills, mm. man. Historically, like this team in the in the playoffs. They don't really have those dud performances because even yeah. when they lose, like last year's cheap, extremely competitive game, went down to a couple possessions, and they could have gotten it done against the future Super Bowl champions. No shame in that. Like it happens. Like they were dominating the first half against the Kansas City Chiefs. So this is a team that's played the Kansas City Chiefs at an elite level for the last couple of seasons. And you're talking about this Bills team that has those games where I don't know who to blame for them to look so weird because they have these games. These like the head Giants. performances, yeah, they're like that. They're they're lucky to make out that game alive because they almost blew that game to Tyrod Taylor without a without any elite weapons and a banged up <laughs> Barkley. Like Jesus Christ! Like they have these head scratch. Like they lost to the New England Patriots. An offense has been <laughs> leave it to Belichick, man. Leave it's it to been abysmal this year. They, Dude, they struggle to get in the red zone like no other team I've ever seen this year. Like, it is really, really bad offense, and they lost them. So, they just have these – like, obviously, also the Jets' performance, too, against that team with Ooh. Zach Wilson and and that and offense. Rodgers injury, Exactly. Too. So, I'm How like – How lose that? Yeah, they just have these head-scratching <laughs> losses where I'm just like, what the heck's going on? And, like, yeah. like Josh Allen also has that, that IQ thing where – he just chucks it down the field when he doesn't need to. Force a dodo bird sometimes, dude. dude he does. Like physically, <laughs> the guy is built like a monster truck, but I guess that brain is a little smaller than it'll balance out the power. You know what they say? You can't have it all, man. You can't yeah, have it all. There you, go. When you got physical gifts, you gotta have some mental limitations. And mm. so, like Josh Allen is an absolute beast. He has those games where he goes nuclear, especially against Dolphins performance. That was a very, very impressive win. Yeah, that was a big one. But they have these games where I'm just like, what's going on with this team? So, and like, hmm. so you're leaning Bengals, too. I'm leaning Bengals, even, even though the Buffalo Bills, I expect them back in the playoffs, even though they had some bad losses this year. And their win loss record, you look at it a little more shocking than I thought because five and like, three, I, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, five and three. They're hmm. five and three. And we were like, oh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals with that rough start, they're four and three. 
Yeah, they already the got their bye week out of the way, too. Exactly. Exactly. So, Mike, uh, that's really, really interesting. And the Bengals have, haven't even played their best football yet. Not no. even close yet. It's like that, that 49ers win was awesome, but now they've got to build on top of that. But their offense looks all the way back because Joe Burrows is finally mobile. And that's huge because he can – He's. we always talked – I mean, the issue with the Bengals for years was their offensive line, mm-hmm. right? He was getting sacked all the time. He was yeah. running for his life. Then he gets injured. He can't run for his life anymore. Well, now we can see, to your point, Zoo, his mobility. I was just happy to see T. Higgins finally catch more than two balls, man. I, I'll take I'll take the five for 70, man. I'll take five for 70. That's a good start. Tyler Boyd, man, we, we got to keep – you can't forget about this guy, man. He's just a red zone beast. He's kind of a – he reminds me of what Adam Thielen was with the Vikings for years, man. He just stuck around. And then, you know, obviously we've seen Adam Thielen have the year he's having right now. Kind of out of a desperation in game scripts right down there in Carolina to Sean's yeah. points earlier about how poor the Panthers are. But um, that's a good it's – a, it's a great question because this is – and, Sean, I know you did this because they're playing each other this week, right? It's Bengals yep. Bills. Arguably – I think this might be the Bills' toughest game the rest of the season, other than probably their second matchup with the Ravens. It was a very close game, even when the Bengals were not at full health and play style. Um, I think we got to credit the Bengals' defense a lot. Uh, they made Brock Purdy's life living hell. Sure. Now, he's, now he's still through 365 yards. That was also a bit of a game script. I mean, we saw Ayuk and Kittle both have huge games, but they were somehow able to keep him out of the end zone Relatively, I think they put up 17 points in that game, forced two interceptions. If their defense is hovering between that 12 and 15 ranking, if not higher, I'm not sure exactly where they're at right now. But if they could just be middle of the pack, slightly above average with that offense clicking like it was this past week, this is the much better team. I think I've actually been the the biggest problem for me with the Bills has been their defense this year. Uh, Aside of Josh Allen's increase in turnovers, I think that's also a big thing. Zeus point talking about his uh, decision making, maybe slacking a little bit this year. <laughs> but it's funny because Gabe Davis has had arguably one of his best seasons in a mm-hmm. while. Great year. You had a great good year. fantasy year. I wish oh, I would have picked so, him up. God. Yeah, oh, he's great. Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs. Dalton oh, really? Kincaid. Sorry, Sean. Oh, he, he's yeah. looking legit. He's rising. He's <laughs> rising and, with the injury. I got him back. With the injury. And, um, and even though he has some boomer bust games, James Cook is the best running back they've had in years. So what's what's different? Their offense has actually taken a step up. It's the turnovers. It's the defense in Buffalo. Now the only saving grace, Sue, is I think that the Ravens pose a bigger threat to the Bengals than the Dolphins do to the Bills. We saw what the Bills did to the Dolphins. The Dolphins take care of business when they're playing against bad teams, man. Oh, they yeah. just are. Tyreek Hill yep. eats them alive. Jalen Waddle's just doing his waddle in the end zone, man. Mm. We know what their running backs can do. I, they just scare me a little bit. So to your point, I do think both of these teams, if they don't win the division, they will be the top two wildcard spots in the AFC. The AFC South is not showing up outside of uh, the Jaguars. Jacksonville, yeah. And in the AFC West, we know the Chiefs. If the Chargers make a big turnaround, which I think they could end up probably getting that final wildcard spot, that's who I'm kind of eyeing. So I do think the Bengals have the best chance to win. Or Sorry, I'd say the Bills have a better chance to win their division than the Bengals do. But I'm taking the Bengals overall because I don't trust Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, man. I just don't. I'm sorry. So I, I, I think I am just going to go. I'm going to also lean the Bengals, too. And it's because the the Bills have been faltering a little bit or maybe been a bit more like this, whereas the Bengals are just starting to trend upwards. So I just like the way that they're moving right now. You're going to have to make this a sweep. 
Mm. You know, if you asked me two weeks ago, I would have definitely said the Bills, even with yeah. all the chaos with of Josh Allen. But Josh Allen is he's the kid who, if you're playing, you know, any type of rec ball and you're in elementary, he's just the the fastest kid on the playground who's got the football and he's just running around throwing it, like screaming, like that's just he plays with reckless abandonment. And you would think because of his, you know, track record of getting to the playoffs and making the Bills relevant, that he would have a little bit more common sense to understand hey look man you're the franchise i get it you're 6'5 245 you can probably run over most linebackers nowadays because most linebackers are like in the 220 range like they're not like the 240 250 guys but it's just like we need you to be here you know come playoff time and i think you know i think there was a quote that was going around where he was talking about i don't know if it was him or his coaches like i think mcdermott was just like we just got to let josh be josh he can't we can't tell him to do that because if he does, then it may lead to him being more turnover prone and not playing to his potential. So, you know, with that, that scares me. Um, I also think, too, I know T. Higgins has been hurt, and it was nice to see him get at least back on some type of uh, wavelength with Joe. Uh, I, I just trust him and Jamar way more than I trust Stefan and Gabe. Because I know Gabe is having a great year, but I think – and this goes back to the conversation we were having before the season, before we saw T how he's played so far. Like Joe at their apex is able to, or Joe at, you know, his apex and the receiver's apex, he's throwing the two receiver ones. I don't think Gabe can ever get to a receiver one type. Um, when it comes to tight end, Irv Smith Jr., Dalton Kincaid, I think you're on mute, Pete Bush. Oh, oh sorry, my bad. T Higgins, <laughs> man. I thought yeah. he was going to blow a gasket when you said he was wet. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised to let me get that off. But, uh, you know, now I will say a difference maker could be potentially Dalton Kincaid, who, if you watch that game against the Buccaneers, he was running routes like they were saying in the preseason and in the NFL draft, like a receiver. So if he steps up, then I would have to give them the advantage in terms of having, you know, the better tight end because Irv Smith Jr. is just a plug in guy. Mm. But I just trust Joe Burrow's weapons way more. Um, Gabe Davis has showed up in the playoffs, but I just I do feel like Joe Burrow being the guy he is, he's you know, he tells everybody every you know, every season it seems like, hey, we're gonna start off slow. You know, I've had my calf is injured, but when it comes to playoff time, I'm gonna be in there. I don't know if we're gonna win the, the uh division this year, but we're gonna be in the playoffs and whoever we play, we're gonna, you know, battle them. And it's probably gonna be a close game or we might win. So uh, I'm leaning towards the Bengals. The one thing about Buffalo that could change my mind is if the defense, because I think, I don't know who's the guy, Alonzo, somebody's hurt on that side of the ball. Then I don't know if he's done for the year. Yeah, I don't know if he's done for the year or not. Um, But if they can get him back and they show and improve, because I do like Ed Oliver, some of their guys that they got, if they can show and improve and you know reach their potential, I think their defensive potential is way higher than Cincinnati. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm still leaning... Awesome. I'm still leaning Joe Burrow though, because mm. we just seen it, and there's no shade to Josh Allen, but we just seen Joe Burrow do this. I I also think the key, if you notice, Mixon, getting Mixon involved, they do have the better running back. It, it just helps Burrow so much, man. I mean, it takes mm. the load off if you if your guy can get five. I think he averaged a little over five yards a carry this past game against a historically and this year pretty damn good defense. That's what they need, man. That's gonna. Hey, Leonard, Leonard Fournette though for the Bills. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. Playoff Lenny, man. <laughs> maybe, maybe he comes in and 
Let him cook. Beca- becomes that number two. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, better than Latavius Murray, oh. that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love how I was, I was reading a little scouting report when I was looking at him on waivers. They were just like, he'll be in a battle with Latavius Murray for the number two. I was like, yeah, okay. That'll last me a couple of days, yeah. And then he'll be the number two and he'll be – Latavius Murray's you know. just a worse version of the Fournette and has been for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Maybe he'll be the goal line back, but hmm. who knows. But that I thought it was an interesting question because they do play this week. So yeah. getting, you know, ready for the NFL season who is is just – you know, I know it's week nine. We got a couple more weeks left, but man, it's flying by. So, uh, yeah. we are now transitioning to our week nine bet. There is no nobility in poverty. I have been a rich man, and I have been a poor man, and I choose rich every fucking time. Uh, <laughs> and we can go ahead and start, my man. People, as you know, it's been a long Finally, time coming. Man. <laughs> He gets to explain what happened this weekend. Oh, just beautiful, man. Finally hit one of my touchdown parlays, guys. And I just, it was almost like I was shocked. I just thought I was going to go 0 and 17 this year. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? You know what I found, man? Sometimes you just got to get an understanding of where players are trending. Brees Hall, right. man, as Zoo likes to call him, Brees the, be- Brees the mm. Beast, man. Brees the and Beast. And Alvin Kamara, Jesus oh. Christ, man. I, he might end up being a top. He might he might end up yeah, be up there with ATN man. and CMC yeah. averaging for this year because his know, usage his usage is ridiculous. It's I would say it's higher than ETN's usage. It's it's higher than ATN. CMC is probably the only one that's a bit higher. Um, obviously, we know Moster just had those couple monster games, which has propelled them to still top three averages yeah. of running backs. But he's faltered a little bit past couple weeks. So Brees Kamara finally Brees. Scared me a little bit, but he got that huge 50-yard touchdown, man. So that was just absolutely massive. So for this week, man, I'm actually going to stick with one of those two, man. I'm sticking with Alvin Kamara against the Bears, and I'm going with Tyreek Hill against his former team in Kansas City. Jeez. Those are my two. So we got the, obviously, like I said, Kamara against the Bears, man. We saw what Eckler did to him on Sunday Night Football this past week. I just foresee on top of him probably having even more usage and target share than Eckler does, which is – Historically, a tough thing to say because Eckler has been a monster target share horde uh, over the past couple of years with Herbert. But I think that's just Kamara's role right now um, in, in the in the NFC. He's probably the most dominant player outside of Christian McCaffrey right now. And I just like him against the Bears. It's a juicy matchup. And then as for Tyreek, man, I just think it's not a revenge game. I don't think he has any animosity against the Kansas City Chiefs, man. They've won him championships. I just like the, you know, they're playing in Germany, man. It's a big game. I mean, Dolphins, Chiefs. That's a that's a hell. That's a juggernaut game potentially, and we really are going to see what the Dolphins are made of in that game. Um, so the only thing I guess that that scares me a little bit with that bet is the travel. But at the same time, it's Tyree Kill, man. He's already got a thousand yards. He's got eight touchdowns. Uh, our OPOY pick, boys, is a lock for this year, man. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Outside of maybe Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, though, he's scaring me a little bit. But oh. Tyree, if he breaks records. We're going to be having a different discussion at the end of the year. So those are my two for the week. And it's probably they're both in just around minus territory individually. So we're looking at about a plus 220, plus 250 as of right now, subject to change this week. Man, I, I know you mentioned breaking records in Tyreek and Christian, but Christian McCaffrey's also breaking records. Mm-hmm. This guy, I don't know, has 16, 17 games straight with a touchdown. 17, though. It is actually absurd how efficient this guy is at the red zone like it's barbecue chicken for cmc in the red zone man 
It's easy. Mm. It's easy for him, my yep. as a easy as it was easy for the Jacksonville Jaguars against that booty Pittsburgh Steelers team last year. Dude, that finally back in the winning column, man. Had like a like a two to three game losing streak on the spread picks, man. But I'm, I knew the Steelers offense. Like I watched enough Steelers football to know <laughs> Fool, that offense man. just hey, sucks. Trubisky looked better than Pickett. Yeah, that's not saying much. Kenny he might Pickett, start this Thursday. Kenny Pickett, yeah, he probably will. It just is not. He's not making a step at all. They like they're lucky to get ten points that game. Like the Jacksonville Jaguars wasn't all that great on offense either. But no. when you're playing against the Steelers, you don't need that many points to beat them, and they whooped them by ten points on the road at Mike Tomlin, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, and the Calvin Ridley actually had a good game for once, man. He actually had a good solid performance. Yeah, and he was on your bench. Deserves it. He got <laughs> he got benched for malpractice, man. Jesus Christ, been god awful, Calvin Ridley. Uh, but for this week, man, I know you mentioned him, Tyree Kill, and uh, over there in Frankfurt, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll go with the Kansas City Chiefs, baby. Minus two and a half, easy money. Let's mm-hmm. go, baby. I'm telling you right now, if you if I get Chiefs at the field goal, I'm taking that every single time, man. Every single time, the Kansas City Chiefs last weekend obviously got embarrassed by the Denver Broncos. I knew it was going to be tough when I heard Patrick Mahomes had an illness. The temperature was extremely low. Like, if I'm sick and, I, and he had a fever or flu that night, worse that night, I'm like, man, you want this guy to play football at a high level? Come on. Like, Patrick Mahomes may be a football guy, but, man, not even God could beat the flu in, man, in this cold, <laughs> cold weather, man. Because it looked real, real cold. I'm like, that, that is that does not look fun. And obviously – the Broncos obviously want a revenge game. They, they heard all about the streak of how they haven't beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. I swear to God, like a freaking decade. It's been a while since their last win against KC, man. Mahomes have owned them on the road. Like, this guy has been owning the Denver Broncos franchise ever since he's been in the league. So they actually got a nice little win. Russell Wilson, three toddies. Okay, good for you. Whatever. Immaterial game. <laughs> but it's time for them to move on, man. The, the, the Chiefs don't lose two games in a row, man. It just does not happen, especially when you get embarrassed like that. And hopefully yep. Mahomes. I want to. There's no illness on that injury report now. I, I'm all in on the Chiefs, man. Two and a mm-hmm. half field goal game. Like if you look at this Dolphins team, Josh Allen. They played them. Got exposed on defense. They did. Got exposed on defense. I'm just saying the the Dolphins are great at beating those bad teams, man, because they yep. can expose the defenses, yep. man. Use yep. those trick plays. They, obviously, you got Tyreek Hill, which. That's you don't even really need a play call for that dude because that dude's just faster than you. Like the play call is Tyreek run. Okay, he's open. Throw it to him. Like it's not that much of a genius to do that. But the Buffalo Bills, they got exposed. They dropped forty eight. And another elite team that they played was the 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 Eagles, which dropped mm-hmm. thirty one points. So when they played against elite teams with elite quarterbacks, they got they got blown out. The games weren't even competitive. Yep. I feel like KC is in that tier of teams, obviously, with the Bills and the Eagles. And you got a guy, Mahomes, I would say, that's still better than Hurts and Josh Allen. So I'm going to ha- guess the same as result. I think the Chiefs going to probably win by six-plus points. So are you mm. getting a minus two and a half? That's beautiful. Just win by a field goal. They got Harrison Bucker back there kicking 50 yards. like easy He's a beast pie, this year. He's having an amazing year this year where you got a bunch of kickers getting waves. Like Harrison Bucker is making those long ass field goals right now, so I'm going with it. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes, who's gonna put up a show overseas in Europe, man. Mm. He's gonna want to put up a show for these guys, man. He throws the man Travis Kelsey, and that offense is not gonna get slowed. I hope so, Zoo. Oh, always gonna be a big week for your boys, man. They had an off week this week. Needed them. Yeah, I need Kelsey. They lost me. It was the bad weather. It was the illness. Just all those things happened. 
against even though the Broncos defense is not that good, just though they couldn't overcome those things. Obviously, you got guys in Sky Moore dropping touchdown passes like usual. Like that dude needs to get caught. I keep saying they need another freaking bona fide receiver, bro. Their, their caught, whole man. receiving core is not good. Rasheed Rice is a nice story, but oh, their yeah. receiving core outside Rasheed of Chelsea Rice is, is not is good. He's actually kind of nice. He's pretty fast, but yeah. Sky Moore oh, being the nice rotation compliment. is a sin. It is a sin, man, because right there, beautiful pass, Sky Moore. If he catches it, still still ball game. But after that drop, man, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Can't really overcome guys dropping touchdown passes. Like Mahomes doesn't allow that twice in a row, dude, so I respect that bet, man. You're just lucky you yeah. didn't predict that one last week. You thought it was too easy of a bet, man. Not good odds. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was Stay away from the division. Yeah, it was like yeah. one and a half, man. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, you know, I, I agree. The two in a row, Mahomes, I don't, I just don't envision it. And one thing I just thought of, this is to an earlier topic, to our point about how Devontae Adams is like not playing well. I think the Raiders made a really bad mistake not trying to get Anthony Richardson. I know Anthony Richardson has been like not healthy, but like if they had Anthony Richardson playing in that offense, I think they would be so good. With Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams throwing to, I think they would be really, really good. No, I'm saying before the draft. draft. Like, I oh, think they should have got him in a draft. Oh. Like, I think that fit would have been way better. Because Josh McDaniels is not my favorite play caller, but just I think him He's having a awesome. quarterback would have been better. Yeah, He probably would have gotten injured can. there, too, though, let's be honest. It was yeah, he would have got hurt. Yeah, he is, his, his aggressive play. Like, injury is just not good. He is not looking promising. We don't need him, like on the the RG, we don't need him on the RG3 train right now, man. We oh. need him to... Need to pull back if you're a Colts fan, man. Yeah, hopefully he'll be fine. But uh, so for me, I went one and one last week. The Rams one, which I was most confident in, that was probably the most disgusting money line pick I ever made, considering how the Rams just did not even show up. Uh, no, Matt Stafford got hurt, but yep. Dallas was well rested. They was well rested and showed it. They yeah. pretty much won in all phases. So uh, that was a tough money line pick, but I, I got another one with the Bengals and 49ers. Just felt like the Bengals, nice like man. we just stayed earlier, they're trending up. 49ers are kind of reeling. So uh, went one for one. This week, there really wasn't any that I liked. Like I said last week, this one, this week was, I think, a little bit tougher. Um, so I'm going with Washington and New England. Uh, the odds are right around like plus 140, plus 150, depending on what site. Um, I usually say that I try to get something in the 190s and above, but <laughs> any any of the bets that are uh, money line bets that are in the 200s and up, like they those are severe long shots. Like there's just not a lot of good ones that I liked. Um, so the reason why is I know Washington lost their defensive ends, but I just don't see Mac Jones with. Uh, I think Bourne went on IR. I know yeah, they got this guy that everyone's himself. hyping up, Pop Douglas, whatever his name is. He's this rookie guy that they're all hyping up with New England. They're saying, pick him up off waivers because that's going to be Max's number one target. Well, listen, if that's going to be Max's number one target as a rookie receiver, I like Washington's chances because, it's <laughs> you know, considering the two, def two, two defensive ends are going to be gone, I still like their defense. And I really like Sam Howell. Like, Sam Howell, to me, nice, is dude. not – he is not a – elite quarterback we know that but i like where his progression is right now he's progressing i know a lot of people because a lot of people were saying this online when he was playing the last game it's like oh he's just getting garbage yard touchdowns but like sometimes when he's outside of the pocket and he's like fading away he makes some of his best throws like that when he threw to Jahan dotson like mm. just on Ooh, yeah. the move exactly that was such was a sweet throw yep. like that throw was sick and i was thinking to myself like he's got the arm talent man him and eric being me like you know they got receivers and he's just going to, have to continue to grow 
Brian Robinson Jr. is a good back. Antonio Gibson, I always I always just wonder what they would be with like a really, really explosive back, um, how good that offense would be. But I like how they are constructed, how they move the ball. And, you know, New England, you know, yeah, yeah, they, they beat the Bills a couple weeks ago, whatever. Like, I'm just not high on them, not high on Mac Jones. Uh, the only thing that maybe give me a little bit of pause is – Bill Belichick is he's still a mastermind on the defensive side of the ball. And with the rookie quarter, or I'd say I'm not a rookie, but like a younger quarterback, he'll be able to maybe, you know, game plan some things against Sam Howell that may make it difficult for him. So, um, but for me, I think the spread is like three and a half. Um, and like I said, the money line is hitting in between 140, 150. That's one that I like. That's one that I like. And it's on the road. So I'm guessing that's why the odds are that. But Yep. Any of the other ones, I just I didn't have no faith in. So, <laughs> if you want to get out there and see any, you know, different money lines that are plus two fifty, plus two seventy five, if you got the money to spend that, go ahead. But I certainly don't. So I won't be placing my bets on any of those outrageous money line spreads. Mm. So, yeah. But hopefully this week, you know, I can go one for one, get my record at a decent uh, pace. You know, P. Bush is on a hot streak with one. Hot streak, <laughs> man. Hot streak. Let's keep it going. He's on a hot streak with one, too, uh, trying to get his, uh, you know, his spreads and stuff down. So you guys tune in to, uh, uh, tune in to all of our platforms with Instagram, TikTok, uh, you know, uh, bullheaded underscore pod with TikTok. And Instagram, uh, Quantro knows on YouTube. Make sure you listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Make sure you rate us, review us, five stars. And for me, Zoo and Peebush, we are out. <laughs>